0: Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes.
1: And I'm Anna Cash.
0: Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say, perfectly at home.
1: We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more.
0: We answer listener questions teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully.
1: We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second guess your preserving practices again.
0: Ready to pan like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm Anna, and I'm here with my partner, Jenny. And today we are going to be covering something that we saw recently on social media, Maybe you saw it too. We saw an Instagram account with a very large following giving advice mm-hmm. to lower the amount of water in a water bath so that the water does not cover your jars to reduce the amount of siphoning that could possibly happen when you preserve. And Jenny quickly sent it to me and just did this emoji of like a gasp, like your brain blowing up emoji because <laughs> like we just... Sometimes the things that people say and come up with and preach as gospel in canning on social media just blows our minds. So Jenny, let's debunk it. Let's talk about like why that's a bad idea and reasons to help with siphoning that do not include reducing the amount of water in your water bath canner.
0: Great. Okay. So the post that I saw was posted by someone with over 200,000 followers on Instagram and the Post bolstered their claim by saying their grandma did it. And I just think it is the most fascinating thing that we do culturally when we say, basically, since someone who lived before me did it, thus it is better or smarter than what we're doing today. And and that is... I mean, we see that all the time in culture where we're like, oh, the music nowadays is terrible and the dancing today is terrible and the fashion today is terrible. And it's it's honestly a signal of aging (laughs) because you don't see young people usually doing it. It's a very weird thing that we do when we say, just because my grandma did it, it must have been far superior to any information that we have available to us today. So anytime you hear people say that, I mean, unless she's talking about how delicious something is, like the way my grandma made whatever, okay, maybe it's delicious, but just the methodology with lots and lots of things is not better just because they used to do it that way. So this uh, account with over 200,000 people was preaching to not cover the jars in the water bath canner, just cover them up to the shoulder to reduce siphoning. So let's explain what siphoning is for our new listeners siphoning is the process of liquid inside the jar being lost during processing. And I think it's a very perplexing and can be nerve wracking thing for especially new canners like, holy cow, what happened to all the liquid that was in my jar? And what's even more confusing is that a lot of times your jar will still seal. So it's like, well, where did the liquid go? How did it get out? Why is the mm-hmm. why is the lid sealed? So there's four things that can cause siphoning or liquid to be lost from the jar during processing. So the first thing is when you pack food that is raw, so raw peaches, raw veggies, other raw foods, they're more likely to lose liquid as the raw food has more air in it. And that is driven from the jar during the heating and canning process. So the recommendation is to usually hot pack or heat most fruit and foods before packing them into jars. And that, again, is called hot pack.
1: Yeah. So the second way that you can reduce the amount of siphoning that happens in your jars is to keep the temperature pretty steady. A rapid fluctuation in the temperature in the canner can cause loss of liquid. So if you are Cranking up your heat and then turning it down really fast. It's like the items inside your jar are going on a roller coaster, right? Like there's just crazy amounts of temperature fluctuations that can happen. I see this a lot in a pressure canner if people reduce the temperature or crank it up really high. So it's important when you're doing either water bath canning, steam canning, or pressure canning that you gradually increase the temperature or reduce the temperature.
0: Right. I think that we think oh it's it's important to like crank up the heat to boiling as fast as possible. But like heating your foods when canning like a race car driver is a mistake and that can cause that siphoning that liquid that disappears out of your jar. So when you are adjusting that temperature just turn your canner element, okay, your heating element, like to medium or medium high or go to medium, give it a few minutes and then go to medium high. I can't think of a time where it's appropriate to go from low to high. Go gradually and then you won't have the problem of, well, it'll avoid several problems. You won't have the problem of siphoning for sure. So removing jars from the canner too quickly after processing is another way siphoning can be triggered it causes a stress that sends the liquid out of the jar. So that's another temperature change issue, right? So when the processing is done, you can remove your canner from the electric burner, remove the lid from the boiling water bath canner, and allow the jars to sit in hot water for five minutes. Remove a steam canner from heat and allow the jars to sit for five minutes with the lid still in place before you take the lid off. So you can give yourself five or 10 minutes In between the end of the processing time and before you pull the jars out of the canner. And I honestly, I almost always wait 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes is the right amount of time for me to go do one more thing or do something else and then come right back. Pressure canner directions include a 10 minute wait after the pressure returns to zero and the pressure regulator or weight is removed. So it's the same thing with the pressure canning. You can turn it off, and after there is zero pressure in the pot, still give yourself 10 more minutes. This allows the temperature in the jars to equalize to the surrounding temperature and reduces siphoning.
1: I was going to say, I see this all the time in the pressure canner. People talk about siphoning and really it's because they don't wait that extra 10 minutes for the temperature and the pressure to just like chill out for 10 minutes. Because when it comes down to zero, I'm sure there's a lot of heat still in there. And as it comes to the same temperature as the ambient air in your kitchen, there's going to be a temperature fluctuation. So yeah, I see this all the time in pressure canning. but I also see it a lot in pie fillings. Have you had this happen where you live, Jenny? I feel like... I have to give my pie fillings at least maybe a little more than an inch even because my pie fillings just expand in the jar so much.
0: I think it happened to me one time with peach pie filling. And maybe this is a nice sidestep into peaches in general. Peaches and maybe other stone fruit halves or pieces are notorious siphoners or cause siphoning. They aren't siphoning. They cause the siphoning, right? And I think it's in part because they have a lot of air in them. Large pieces of fruit tend to allow for air to be stuck underneath them, kind of like an overturned boat. There's air underneath them. You can be sure when you're packing any food item to use a chopstick, or I always use like the other end of a wooden spoon, the handle of a wooden spoon to just move the fruit or food around in the jar a little bit to allow for that air to come up and out of the food mixture. Because, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned peaches. In my experience, I have only, I think, one time have I had my pie-fill siphon, and it and they all sealed. It must have been just barely. But peaches, I mean, I get people ask me all the time, like, why did this happen to my peaches? Why is there, you know, two-thirds of the liquid gone from my peaches? So, in my experience, it's been just like peach halves, I think is probably the one that I get the most questions about is peach halves. Okay. And now, a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code pod 25 to get 25% off today.
1: Some people who have had siphoning in the past will Mm -hmm. overfill their jars to possibly like, you know, compensate for siphoning that might happen. But overfilling jars actually encourages liquid loss because it can get up underneath that seal and risk a seal failure because during the heat processing contents of the jar expand. So too little space between the lid and food forces liquid out of the jar when it is heated. So make sure and use the correct headspace when filling jars and all of your recipes, your tested recipes, I guess I should say, will give you a headspace recommendation for your jars. Right. And if your jars do siphon, check the jars for a solid seal. I've had, like I said, peach pie filling and also apple pie filling that had siphoned that had expanded, but then they sealed and were fine. I just washed them down really good and kept an eye on them on my storage room shelf without the ring on. So you can have siphoning, but then also it can be okay as
0: well. Right. I was going to remind our listeners, especially if you're new, headspace is the distance from the top of the food to the top of the jar. And different recipes have different headspaces. And many pressure canning recipes have a headspace of an inch. But other recipes like jams have just, is it a quarter of an, a half an inch? I have—I always have to look. Yeah.
1: It's a quarter inch yeah. on jams okay. and jellies. Mm-hmm.
0: Quarter of an inch. And I mean, it doesn't have to be down to the millimeter, but it really is something that you need to check and recheck and be sure that you're you're doing your best to follow because that is how you can avoid this problem of siphoning.
1: Yeah, and for those of you that are interested, we got this information from the Penn State Extension Office titled, Why is liquid lost during canning? If you have additional questions, you can reference this or even send it to somebody that maybe you see doing this or has questions about siphoning.
0: So in partnering with this issue of siphoning, good canning practice is after your jars have cooled, you've labeled the lids. It's best practice to remove your rings, wipe your jars with a clean cloth. I always have to wipe mine with a little cloth with some vinegar because my water is really hard. So your jars are really clean and you can see straight into them. And you do this in part, you remove the ring in part, because if the seal fails, you'll know right away, you'll be able to see with your eyes that it is lifted and you'll know to discard the food.
1: Yeah, I recently was down in my storage room and looked in my tomato area and there was some tomatoes that were molded in the back, like the seal had come up. So if that ring wasn't there, I wouldn't have been able to see it. I mean, obviously I would if I grabbed it, but it's good to discard that when
0: you see it. Very good point. I made a mistake canning peach jam this week and it has a little bit to do with seal failure. So I'm going to share it. When I was putting the new lids onto the jars, I accidentally put two stacked together on one jar and I didn't realize it. Oh, no, it was the pickles for our Life Pickle class. That's right. It was the Life Pickle class. And I remember I've done this like once or twice before, but this is the most recent time I've done it. I accidentally put two nested together onto on a jar, put the ring on, canned it, and then it was the jar of pickles. My husband was opening the pickles to test them out. Side note, he loved them. And I realized I had put two nested together. The one that's closest to the jar that really sealed did seal, and that was a good seal, but that is another little hiccup that you might just be cautioned against because sometimes that will cause them to not seal, so just do as I now will do better at huh.
1: That's interesting. I've never had that happen before, but that's cool that like the bottom lid sealed
0: it yeah, I mean, I got lucky, and it's good like if you discover that, if you discover like oh oh, that was uh, you know a little mistake, that's just the jar you use first, and You can always also guard against spoilage Mm -hmm. by putting that jar in the refrigerator until you're ready to eat it and then obviously storing it in the fridge after you've opened the the lid.
1: Right, right. That's perfect. Well, I have been getting ready for a market this week and so I have been furiously picking and making my kitchen, like the floor, oh my gosh, it is so sticky. I am so ready to mop it. Oh. (laughs) But I know I'm going to wait until after this market is over, because if I don't, then I'm just, it's just going to get sticky again. So I'm just kind of like dealing with it for the time being. And then after Saturday, I'm going to give it a good mop.
0: So we are recording this episode September 20th, and it will go live on the 27th of September. And for us in our neck of the woods... It is the height. Don't you think? feel like this is it? This is like the height of canning season where there's still summer vegetables, but then there's fall fruit. There's like everything is happening all at once. Yeah. Is that how you feel right now?
1: Yes. It's like the tail end of the stone fruit. So right now I'm doing tons of plums and peaches. And now we have fall fruit, like you said, like pears and apples. What else? Oh, and then just loads of tomatoes. It's like the last push for yes. tomato products before the freeze, usually at the end of October. I don't know if it's like that where you are, but I just feel like my whole entryway is full of just boxes and boxes of produce that I'm trying to get through.
0: Every day I find a tomato that's gone south and I'm like, I'm so glad I have chickens to eat it because my guilt would be like a 10 out of 10. (laughs) I can't, I cannot keep up with, uh, (laughs) I can't can everything, you know, I can't, and neither, neither should you, dear listener. You shouldn't feel like you have to can everything. But yeah, this is a really busy time in the canning world, a very busy canning time. And I love it and I'm grateful for it. And it's fun. I love that people, in addition to people asking me canning questions, Anna, maybe this is true for you. People will text or tag me or send me stuff like, hey, so-and-so has an apple tree. So-and-so has fruit they want to get rid of so and so had and it's just like oh for the love i cannot possibly i cannot do any more apples yeah. i mean like i my dad's trees branches are so full they're breaking <laughs> like i got a can i got a can his apples <laughs> it's just a lot it's a lot
1: yes my only saving grace is that i have been donating some to the food bank so that i don't feel as guilty like not using it all i know it'll we'll go to a good place so i've been doing that but man I just am also really exhausted. Like I know now why farmers are exhausted during harvest season. Like I, I've been either at my kitchen stove or picking Mm -hmm. or something preserving related at least five hours of, of every day.
0: Oh my gosh, Anna.
1: I don't know how people do it more than that. Uh,
0: I'm exhausted. Well, For good reason, you're you're burning the candle at both. You're boiling the pot on both burners. You're uh totally wore out, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) But you know, it's for such a short period of time. Like in the winter, I'm sure I will reminisce about you know all the fruit I picked and stuff like that. So and I'm freezing a bunch so that I can also you know have some for winter preserving things like that. So I'm not doing it all right now feels like I am.
0: (laughs) Right. That is a very good point. You can always freeze food to can when it's slow, for sure.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Jenny. This was a fun episode to record. And just remember, like sometimes the things you see on social media aren't always the best tips and tricks. So if you ever have questions, reach out to us or reach out to a local extension office with your questions Always take it with a grain of salt unless it's cited by a trusted, reliable source. Right, is just my two cents. Well,
0: that it's worth a lot more than two cents. Also, beware of the advice of or the the support that oh my grandma did it. Just because your grandma, I mean your your grandma did all kinds of things you would never do now, right? So just I would just be also be aware if that's the support that someone's giving that isn't great. That's not evidence. (laughs) That's not a great reason to to trust that source.
1: Yeah. Because canning is a science. It's not, it's a little bit different than baking or cooking, right? Mm -hmm. The acid values and pH are really important and they have recommendations and there's a, a lot of scientific evidence that's new and it's important to keep in mind as well.
0: Right. Great. Great episode. Thank you, Anna. Yep. Have a good week, everyone. That's
1: our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds, and it really helps our show grow.
0: Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower.
1: Email your preserving questions to perfectly preserved podcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.